When we are not planning the next Emirates Airline Festival of Literature, we're guessing who done it, debating the ultimate feel-good novel, or reading the stacks of books that lie in our office walls. Then we talk to some of our favourite authors about these books on the Boundless Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast from the Emirates Literature Foundation. Subscribe today wherever you are listening right now. You'll also find a link in the show notes. This session was recorded at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature 2021 with a live audience. Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and a very, very warm welcome to all of you. A particular warm welcome to all of our friends watching online. We had a great uh, audience online out there, so we're thrilled that they're all with us. And we're thrilled, actually, that because of technology, we can actually bring this to you here in person and indeed to everybody at home or wherever they are today. Now, we have a wonderful session. Did you ever get the feeling... Come on, be really honest about this, that you were maybe occasionally, only, obviously, every now and then, surrounded by total idiots. Anybody? Okay, so at least we're in the right room, and everybody knows what we're going to be talking about. So this is a really good start. And it turns out you're not the only one who feels like this. Now, let me actually invite here to us, to our panel, um, our cartoonist, and an author and science editor, uh, Sharif Arafa. Please, Sharif, you come join us. Sharif is an author. He has written several books in Arabic. Now, usually I'm very, very proud to be able to say I've read the books. This time around, I'm just, I'm, I'm beyond ashamed. So, but he's very kindly talking me through some of them. Um, and we've had a great chat, and his English is wonderful, and his thought process in English is superior. So, um, Thank you so much. I'm going to have to get round. Don't give them, them high expectations. because <laughs> No, we've got to keep those expectations high. So Sharif has a great background, you know, also as a self-development, more psychologist in a way you approach it. In positive psychology, exactly. Positive psychology. And he's an author and he's a cartoonist. So let's you and I sit down here. And also, we're absolutely delighted to be able to welcome, uh, joining us from Sweden, a lecturer, behavioral scientist, and author, Thomas Erickson. Thomas, great to see you, Thomas. Hi there. Hi, Ethne, and hi, Sheriff. Nice to meet you, and nice to meet all the rest of you in the room, which I cannot see, but I hear you. But everybody's got their eyes on you, and we've got a huge big screen here. You're looking fabulous, and you're sounding great, and we have a wonderful audience here in the room with us, but we also have a wonderful audience actually logged in online. So we're thrilled that we've been able to bring both. Now, Thomas, of course, many of you might have read his books, might have read about him. Um, the internet is a buzz about him. Lots of people talking about what he talks about. He's a best-selling behavior expert and um, who looks at this four-color system. And particularly in his book, we have it here. Many of you have seen it, Surrounded by Idiots. Um, but he gets better. He's got another one called Surrounded by Psychopaths. We'll have a little word about that one as well because... Sometimes I think he puts them both together. And he's working on one which um, might hit home for some people as well in the professional life. He's working on books about uh, surrounded by maybe strange bosses that might fit into the idiot or the psychopath category. Who knows? So anyway, but Thomas, let me talk and start with you, if I may. Um, you know, my, just very quickly, my name is Ethna Trainer. I'm going to be here with you for this session. And our sponsor for this session is the Investment Corporation of Dubai and the Dubai Department of Tourism and Commerce Marketing. So as always, it's just so exciting to welcome you to this session of the Emirates Airline 
Festival of Literature. And so, Thomas, it's a pity we don't have you in person, but never mind. Let's get down to business. Why do you think that people get absolutely sort of, you know, intolerant, exasperated, um, and really look around and think, why is everybody around me an idiot? Oh, wow. How much time do we have? <laughs> well, seriously, I think it is because usually, and we all do that, we use ourselves as the starting point. I am always the one who I will compare my thoughts with. I mean, I do what I do because I think that's a great way to do things. If I thought it was bad, I would do it in another way. And, and everybody else is obviously the idiot. I actually had a, an interesting, let's call it a definition of idiots when I was really young. It was easy, easy for me to say because uh, everybody who agreed with me and my opinions, and they were the good people, and they who, those who disagreed were obviously idiots. So it's, it's an easy definition, I would say. Yeah. Um, and I, unfortunately, I think that that uh, definition is probably still with many people. Um, we'll talk a little bit more in detail, but I want to bring Sharif in here. You know, you have written a book that um, also talks about idiots. Exactly. Um, and, um, you know, also just explores that, perhaps in a different way. And I'm going to talk more with Thomas in terms of how he has really structured out who's who and what we need to do to understand them. But why do you think that, you know, when we judge perhaps other people who don't fit into our perception, who don't sometimes just, as he said, agree with us, that we actually, you know, don't sit there and kind of say, oh, they have a different point of view, but we actually think that they might be a bit of an idiot. Why is that? There are many reasons. In social psychology experiments, when they uh, uh, survey, they, when they make surveys and ask people uh, to evaluate their own performance, they found that most people evaluate themselves as above average, which is statistically impossible. <laughs> Not all of us can be above average. So we overestimate our ab abilities, uh, which is in, uh, in cognitive uh, psychology, they call it uh, the, fundam the fundamental attribution error. That is when I fall into a mistake, I uh, usually, I tend to believe that it happened because of a ex an external circumstances. It wasn't my fault that circumstances forced me to behave this way. But when I see someone else who did the same mistake, the first thing that comes to my mind, how did he do this? He's stupid, he's wrong, you know? Uh, like what happens when you make an, a car accident or something. Usually the first thing that comes to your mind that this guy uh, pressed the brake suddenly, he shouldn't do that. But if you see something in a similar situation, you will tell it yourself that he should leave uh, space between him and the car in front of him. Um, at the same time, when we look at the multiple intelligences theory, uh, we can obviously see that, that uh, intelligence is not only one trait. You can be smart in a specific domain in life. You can be genius in mathematics or in physics. But at the same time, you may lack uh, social intelligence, for example, or emotional intelligence, and so on. So the first, the, the right question from my point of view is not to say why people around me are idiots, but why I'm not able to understand their drives and motives that explains their, their behaviors. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, there are no idiots out there. Of course there is. But if you look at the percentage, um, they are not uh, dumb. They are not dumb. They have motives and uh, uh, drives that made them uh, behave this way, which is really important for us to understand in order to be able uh, to deal with them. 
even to negotiate with them, to convince them to speak their language. So this is the first thing we have to focus on, how to understand people in order to eliminate this illusion that we are superior and we don't, we don't need to understand people. Well, I mean, I guess that's uh, the positive side of it and the optimistic side, too, that not everybody is an idiot out there. But sadly, when I sit in judgment, maybe, of some people, and uh, Thomas, when you think about it it, it, it comes to our minds so quick if something happens, like a, a car stops very suddenly, you know, we, we very quickly just almost say, going, what an idiot. Um, when something happens, you know, it's, it's something that uh, we associate uh, in, terms, in terms of how people's behavior. But as Sherry said there too, we need to understand them. And you have the methodology for understanding. Now, you have broken down our personality types. And not necessarily you. Many people have done this. You have actually, I think, just put a special treatment on this. Into the red, yellow, the green, and the blue. So let's talk us through. I purposely, uh, I don't see you, Thomas, but I uh, purposely didn't want to unveil my colors today. So I, I wore a few different colors, just the way anybody wouldn't be getting any ideas about it. And then somebody told me my boots gave it away. So what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You know. So, um, but talk to us about how you've taken the time to break down people into these different colors and, and why, why it makes a difference. Okay, so let's go down, get down to business. As uh, Sherry well, well, very well put it, uh, people are usually not idiots. Uh, so maybe we shouldn't joke too much about this. Um, I would agree to begin with, there are some idiots out there, but the thing is they move around a lot, so, so you might sort of run into them a little bit here and a little bit there, but the thing is, it's, it's as you just pointed out, it is about understanding and, and where should you start? Well, I start with behaviors. Uh, I start with trying to understand another person's behavior because if I can understand let's say, um, the intention behind a certain act, I could maybe understand the personality that goes deeper than this. Uh, as you mentioned, I am, an, I am a behaviorist. I am not a psychologist. A behaviorism is about trying to measure um, how people are acting, how people are behaving using different kinds of tools. And my book, Surrounded by Idiots, uh, just to mention very, very briefly, that it's taken up something called the... Um, the DISC method, which is spread all over the globe, so there is nothing new with it. I have not invented anything that wasn't there to begin with. It's been around for uh, probably 40, 50 years, something like that. And what I do is I divide it into four colors because it's a pedagogical way to actually remember and understand things. It's easier to remember red and yellow behavior than it is to remember uh, high D over I with a low C, let's say. So, and um, the method uses uh, basically introversion and extroversion, uh, task orientation and uh, people orientation or relation orientation, you might say. Uh, so, and then we get uh, a two by two matrix, very simplified way of measuring behaviors. Uh, there are, of course, other methods as well, more, even more simplified and more complex. But I chose this because it's very well spread. It's, available in, I think, in 100 countries, something. And it talks about red behaviors, the dominant types of our fast forward thinkers, you know, very decisive, very dominant. Some people uh, think they are aggressive even, uh, always trying to speed up things, you know, faster, faster. We are in a hurry. Well, maybe we're not in a hurry, but we could speed up anyway, because, you know, life is short. Let's get down to business. Okay. 
and you have the yellow types, the positive ones who are uh, very creative and, and, and looking for the sunshine all the time, even though today here in Sweden it is snowing. Yes, and we have minus 15 degrees Celsius. And they say, and then I say, well, it is snowing here, you know. And the yellow type might say, yes, but the sun is always shining somewhere, you know. These people always positive, good with words. And then you have the green ones going to the introvert side. They are more calm, very caring, very sharing, very conflict avert. They don't like uh, arguing and, and fighting with people. They don't like changes, but they are really good, uh, let's say, team players and really good at, at listening. They actually hear what you say. The green people will hear what you say and they will remember what you said, especially if it was something bad. And then you have the blue ones, the analysts, the, the, the accountants, the engineers, and so on and so forth, who looks into details and facts and, and proofs of things. Digging, 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 more details, more Excel sheets. Do we know this? Or why is this important? Where is the analysis behind everything? So there you have sort of the, the, the basic structure, the fundamentals, let's call it. Then you can, of course, divide the colors. So you can combine the colors. Uh, as you see, you, you commented, Bethany, you commented your colors uh, that you are wearing today. As you can see, I have an orange handkerchief, which is a bit of a clue to my colors. So we might fit you into that sort of red with a bit of yellow. And I don't know, there might be a little bit of green somewhere in there that is sort of, if we blend it around to come up with the, uh, but then we have a blue suit. So wait, wait a minute, we'll come back to you on that one. Yes, <laughs> yes, see, you've given it away as well, too. Um, Sharif. But, you know, isn't it just wonderful and essential in many ways that we are all different? Because how dull would life be if everybody was actually the same? But at the same time, why can't we sometimes appreciate that? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's impossible to make all people think the same way we do. Uh, if you have a meeting that oh, everyone is thinking the same way, you will not be creative. You will, you will not find any new ideas. You will not invent anything new. Because... Uh, uh, creativity is all about thinking differently, different than other people. People who changed history are people who did not think like normal people or other people around them. Uh, so I totally agree. This is a phenomenon that you have to live with and take advantage of at the same time. And uh, by the way, I'm, I'm, really, uh, I'm really a big fan of uh, Thomas' classification. Your classification is really good. It's amazing because you simplify... Uh, uh, some people may find like the, the big five personality traits very complicated for them, but being uh, four types, this is genius. This in, uh, in corporate settings, this you can bring this classification, uh, this classification into your mind to be able to categorize people around you. Uh, at the same time, the human uh, 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 being a human is a very complicated thing. Uh, we have to collect all the classifications possible because there is no classification that applies to every case out there. Uh, for instance, in marriage therapy, they are big fans of gender differences, like uh, uh, men from Mars and women from uh, uh, what Jupiter or what Venus, I don't remember, yes. from Venus. Yeah. So uh, this classification may be useful in, uh, in marriage, but it will not be useful in corporate settings. Um, so this is why I, I came up with a classification that fits my frame of uh, reference. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm from this region. I'm trying to deal with a very complicated phenomenon like extremism, like uh, nationalism, like populism, 
that uh, is invading the world right now. So uh, how, why are people acting this way? This, this is my, my frame. This is the, the classification that I made that it, uh, I try to explain what's happening out there. Why, why are people fighting each other? Um, so I think it's useful to collect all these classifications together uh, to, give, uh, to give yourself uh, a mental tool to bring the right tool to understand the specific situation you are facing and to understand the specific phenomenon you are trying to understand. I don't know if we have time to no, say no, my we'll talk a little bit about that okay. because I think, I think regionally it's very important to, and not just regionally, when we look around the world and when we look back in history, you know, we also look at times of great wars and, you know, why did they start and, you know, who were the leaders of these wars um, and, and what, what was their problem? I think they probably shook their head time and time again and thought they were surrounded by idiots. Uh, Thomas, take us back a little bit in history when you just look and you analyze perhaps how things used to be, and maybe how they are now. Have we evolved as a human race? You know, are we more understanding? But, um, and possibly in some areas, possibly not. But then you look around the world at the moment, and we may not have big wars with, uh, you know, guns and cannons going out. We have a few of them. But we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of anger, and we have a lot of opposition, and we have a lot of, angst going on and some of it we just look at what's going on even in russia at the moment it's that is a conflict of people not agreeing in one way you know and you know how dare one not agree with the leader so all of this is still happening but are you hopeful that we've actually evolved as a human race that's a really difficult uh, question but still extremely important obviously uh, I don't think if I knew how this went and where this is going, I would be, I would be, be delighted to tell you. What I think, I mean, looking back in history, why have the, why, why has, has human, humans started conflicts all the time? Well, that, that's not about behaviors. That's about the drivers, the motivators that lies sort of behind a certain act. Uh, I mean, some people are striving for power. Some street people are striving for fame. Some, some of some of us want money. Some needs to learn new things, and, and and some are looking for harmony. There's a huge variety of the reason behind certain kind of actions, I would say. And uh, uh, you touched upon that just now, also. Uh, I mean, this this let's call it not understanding the other side, the other person's point of view. Um, you said uh, just now, Etna, that if you, if, where are we going now? Well, information has never been easier accessed than it is now. Uh, we know the internet, we know social media and so on. And I, I usually, sometimes when I give public lectures, I get introduced as a communication expert. And even though that might be true, uh, then somebody says, another communication expert. Why is everything about communication? We are communicating more than ever before. But the problem is, while that is true, using different kinds of, of I mean, like this, I'm on Zoom here. You're there and I am here and we are still communicating. But the issue is not about communication. The issue is about connecting and, and really interacting and getting in touch with each other so we actually can build this understanding that Sharif so well put. We need to understand the other side, the other point of view. The, the problem now with information flow, I would say, is that we can't even agree on, on, on what we are talking about. 
I mean, for, for instance, when it comes to, when I, before, I mentioned it's snowing here in Sweden. I mean, before, backwards in time, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, I could tell you it's snowing and you could say, yes, it is. And then we can talk about, is this good or bad? Do we like snow when the kids are happy? Is it good? No, we don't like snow because we can't drive our cars. It's going to be uh, slippery on the roads and so on. So, on. But we can discuss the snow. These days, it feels more like when I say it's snowing, you might tell me, no, it isn't. It's not even, it's not snowing, it's sunny, you know, because we can't even agree on the facts even. And then we can't agree on anything. And what's left? Conflict. That is actually a true uh, concern that I have, that we don't, we can never understand each other as long as we don't see the other point of view. And then you have to go into, but it's hard to enter somebody else's mind, of course. That's, that's always a challenge. But you have to try to put yourself in their shoes. And it sounds like a cliche. I might sound naive. I understand this. But still, you have to do it. If you are on the political scale, on this side or the other side, you have to try to look in the other way and see why are they focusing on these things? Well, I am focusing on these things. We have to try, but you have to listen. You have to pay attention, you have to be there, and you have to be interested, you know. Otherwise, there's going to be conflict down the road. And that, that, yeah. that, uh, yeah. And that word, I think, conflict, yes. If we look back and in history, and I think we look at different regions in the world too, we're all familiar with the bigger, wider picture of conflict. And we've, we've seen it a lot. And I mean, is, you know, freedom and peace and love and harmony is, is this a new concept in many ways I um, don't believe, you know talk to me maybe a little bit about that what do you think uh, i do believe that the human race is evolving if we look at the wars today they cannot be compared to what was happening in the past in the near past um uh, one day people would gather to see in the Colosseum to see people killing each other for amusement uh, there was something like uh, freak shows. People go to a circus to, to see people, unfortunately, deformed. So we cannot imagine something happening nowadays like that. Death was a daily event. People would uh, get executed in the, on the streets. This was a normal thing to happen. Uh, nowadays, we are not facing the same thing. And statistically speaking, there is a Harvard study compared the, the rate of death by killing uh, nowadays and in the past. In the past, it was a very high percentage. They even compared it to animals uh, eating each other. So uh, we are evolving, okay? Uh, although all the wars happening, all the conflicts, all, all the political disagreements all over the world, uh, but at the same time, it's good that we are not satisfied with the level of evolution we reached. Uh, it's very good to look forward to uh, develop our value system to become better. This is good by itself. But at the same time, uh, I'm, I'm an optimist, I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a pessimist when it comes to uh, our psychological basic instincts. We, we need to tame our inner beasts. Uh, being, in, um, being involved in tribal thinking, it's something instinctual. This is part of our psychological uh, uh, construction. So we have to um, evolve intentionally to train ourselves to be uh, better and better in the future. Now, Thomas, come back to this concept, I suppose, of conflict and actually getting rid of conflict, if we can do that at all, 
but certainly easing it and coming back to what you talk about too, that understanding. I mean, if there were just red, blue, green, and yellow people, there would probably be a lot more conflict. So thankfully, many people have little bits of both. And in your book too, you actually, you know, you talk about where we can share different traits. And this is, this is very healthy and it's very good. And hopefully it will enlighten some of us. But how does this methodology of yours, when people understand it, actually setting? Because this is something, you know, where it affects everybody. And it's probably the one area where most of us might, let's say, complain about sometimes. Well, I mean, conflicts, when I mentioned conflicts just now, I, I mean, I, big, horrible wars start with small, tiny disagreements. That is just where it is. And I do not predict we're going to end up in a, in a war. I, 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 I would like to say, to begin with, just uh, to, to, to commenting what you just said there, when Sharif said, I am positive, I am positive too. I think we can learn, but there are definitely forces who are thriving on conflict as well. Necessarily war each other hopefully not but still people some people are winning when there is a conflict and that's a really complicated uh, psychological uh, mess as well but you know when it comes to the system i use or or uh, you mentioned big five or the point that i make is not you have to you don't have to use this system or, or it doesn't matter just that you pay attention and try to learn to understand other kinds of people Use, well, use whatever system you want. That, that's not the point. The point is, the more you understand, the less uh, disagreements you will have. I mean, conflict per se is not a problem. I mean, arguments and, and, and maybe strong discussions on different opinions and so on and so forth, that might not be a problem itself. Sometimes that's very useful. You can actually develop an organization by having conflicts about this and that and, and, and so on. But unnecessary conflicts, when it's all about yelling and shouting and shutting, sort of shutting people out or, or silencing people just because you don't like them, that, that's really, really bad. And my, to my experience, when I work, I'm, I work with management teams, uh, basically. Uh, and then I, I, let's call it, I color them, let's say. And then I, I, uh, I tell them, okay, so you are the dominant type and you're the alpha in this room. That could be a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Then you have some positive guys always smiling, don't want to talk about the, you know, um, uh, tough things. And, and, and some people don't like to talk about disagreements and pretending everything is good. And some people get stuck in the details. When I lay it out and they understand, aha, this is how you are thinking. This is how you are processing this idea. Then all of a sudden, it's, it, it is this aha moments and sometimes it is actually is uh, like a ceo of a big swedish uh, pharma company she said that's that's a oh no moment because now i understand i've been doing this wrong for probably 25 years shouldn't the ceo you know let's say responsible for 10,000 people shouldn't she know better well in this case no she didn't you could replace she with he, that's not the point, but you have to consider this because nobody can agree on anything unless you talk to each other. I mean, nobody can 
succeed with anything in life unless you're really good at cooperation. You need to communicate, you need to interact, you need to connect, you need to cooperate, you need to get along, to, to, to be frank. And that can, can, can be in the, in, the, in the small, tiny details and it can be in the bigger picture as well. I mean, when you just, if you are in an organization, if let's say that you're the manager and you are sending out this message, people will listen on, on many frequencies at the same time. Can you design your message so you get through to everybody? That is possible, but you have to pay attention to it. You have to yes. look into these things very, very specifically. Indeed, just before this, I was just at another session actually talking about teams and um, I don't know if Andy Shieldhouse is here. He's oh, Andy is here. Hopefully, he'll he'll have something to say later. But he's a uh, he's working a lot with teams here, and I think he's a big fan of yours. So we might get him involved in the Q and A. I sincerely hope Andy uh, can keep your mind working there. You've got to have some question for us. But again, it was all about too the concept I think of people you know understanding, and if they take the time to understand, life will be better. And Sherry, if I think you really look at this in terms of how we can find you know, contentment at work, how we can find happiness at home. But it is about the fact that we have to take that step. But then surely it's about everybody has to take this step because there's no point me trying to understand you and then you just carrying on the way you are. Why don't you take the time to understand me? Well, um, I don't have the power to change people around me. I only have the tools to change myself, to change my perspectives, to uh, adopt uh, a more healthy frame of reference to understand what's happening around me. And this will benefit me. If I, uh, if I become more understanding to people's motives, I will be more happy. I will experience less, uh, less negative emotions. I will not hold the grudges and feel angry all the time. Why, why people are stupid this way? You know, it will make you more, uh, more he healthy. Uh, but but will I not feel like I'm giving away too much? I mean, I don't know. Am I? Am uh, the only one understanding? This doesn't mean that I adopt the other point of view, but I understand why he is acting this way to uh, to act in a proper way. For instance, uh, like if I'm dealing with someone with um, a dark triad, for example, as a Machiavellian or a psychopath or something, I it's it's useful to understand his motives in order to deal with him, not to accept. What he is doing and say what he is doing is right. I can believe uh, a different. I have. I, I can have a different belief, a different thoughts, different um, uh, points of view. But at, the, at least I understand uh, what they are doing, why they are doing this to act properly, accordingly. And of course, that other person has to be a little bit open to let you understand. And Thomas, coming back to you know again, you know the okay, the concept of just idiots or irritable people or even psychopaths you know psychopaths are not all they're not going to maybe do damage they don't all behave the same as well but how do we get in to begin to understand who they are how their life is how they think differently um not always are we allowed to actually you know take that step over what would you suggest Still trying to be optimistic here. <laughs> uh, Sheriff, you mentioned the dark triad, which is uh, a Machiavellian personality, psychopathy, and narcissism, actually, the third part. Uh, and why is this connected? Well, narcissism, mean, meaning, uh, as in the meaning of, of self centeredness and, and egotistic uh, personalities. Uh, very focused on themselves and looking for benefits for themselves and all the time talking about themselves and not very interested in other people. That is 
I would say, a worse pandemic spreading than we are experiencing with the COVID-19 situation. And it sounds dramatic when I say this. I, understand, I fully understand this. I'm not here to scare anybody, but narcissism is spreading. Some people claim, some psychologists say that even though clinical narcissists might be one or two percent of the population, let's say, uh, narcissistic behavioral traits are spreading like grasshoppers. That's, that's 15 to 20 percent. More and more people are more and more focused on themselves, which gives us definitely a challenge when it comes to turning this whole thing around and making people listen to the other side. Still, the majority might be interested, but the key is we need to, we need to make each and every one of us interested in, in, in gaining this knowledge about other opinions or other, other attitudes or, or, or whatever it is other people we need to give people reason to do it because everybody's busy everybody has their hand full with with you know this and that and work and family and career and, and who knows but if you can find a reason if you can tell people this is good for you too because and it could be this it could be that it could be better night sleep it could be be a better career maybe if you try to get along better with your colleagues then you might sort of rise in the hierarchy and, and all, all these things but just saying we have to get along we have to agree on more things we have to listen better we have to we have to understand each other yeah yeah we know this already we've been knowing this all the time that's not the point the point is why should i i mean who can be the heroes here stepping stepping forward and say i am i am willing to take responsibility i, I can start this process but who are those that's my question Maybe we here on the podium can be three of them at least, and, and the rest of us in the room, but we need more people to think it's a good idea. Yes. No. Um, and again, when we look I at... I can offer some uh, please, solutions for this. that. Yes. There are Sorry. many advantages of uh, abandoning being uh, a narcissist. Uh, first of all, you will be uh, surrounded with uh, healthier relationships. If you are a narcissist, people who are uh, uh, helpful and so on will not be... Uh, part of your life anymore. This is what, uh, for example, Cialdini, the guy who, who wrote about the art of persuasion, how yes. to convince people about anything, uh, he, he said that if you apply, if you use this in an unethical way for your advantage, for your, uh, like deceiving your customers, um, selling them bad stuff and trying to persuade them in a bad way, uh, this has two disadvantages. First of all, you will not get uh, customers' loyalty, they will not be loyal to you for the long run. Second thing, people who will work with you inside your company are people who are not morally healthy, you know. <laughs> you will be surrounded by other narcissists or by other people with other dark traits, which is not healthy for you. It will be reflected negatively on your mental health. So being a narcissist will will not make you happy for many reasons. If you want to be happy and when you are a narcissist, you will be focusing on very basic needs. You will be trying to um, like have more money, uh, buy nice stuff, take advantage of people to serve you in a certain way. You will, you will not experience other kinds of happiness like what in positive psychology uh, describe as the eudaimonic happiness. Uh, when you do random acts of kindness, for example, if you do something meaningful, if you uh, sacrifice something for greater good, uh, 
This is a deeper kind of happiness that you, you will not experience if you are a selfish person. So at the end, I think it will be reflected on your, on your own mental health to expand, to be uh, careful about people, to help people around you. This will be uh, reflected on you. Uh, and there is a, a proverb, I, I, I think, a quote by uh, Buddha, I, I think. Uh, he said that happiness is uh, like a flame. It will not go away if you uh, light up thousands of candles. It will increase. Happiness is something like this. If you spread happiness around you, you will be surrounded by happy people who are grateful to you. Uh, you will build healthy relationships. You will uh, you'll be healthy in this manner. Um, please, at any time, if anybody wants to ask questions, I'm just going to come back to Thomas here. And after this, be thinking of a few questions and just let us know. We have microphones to the right, to the left. And we did have them in the middle as well, I believe. So it just we're taking great precautions here. So make sure if you want to come, please, you do have to come up to the microphone. And just give me, give me a wave and let me know you're, you're coming. But just find one on the right, one on the left, and one in the middle here. Um, so as soon as I just talk to Thomas in just a moment here. But Thomas, just stay with this point on narcissism. And again, do you find that social media perhaps is actually encouraging this? Because when you think about it, everybody is being encouraged to have their own, you know, Instagram, to have their own channel, to actually talk about what they do, to make sure that everybody knows what they do. Um, and, you know, you say this is a pandemic that's on the move and you're worried about it. But um, who has it been driven by? Has it been driven by the reds? I think the yellows enjoy it. The greens enjoy it. Maybe the blues don't go near it. But they're beginning to come on board because I think they're being told they have to come on board or they'll be left behind. So is there not almost a, a push towards individualistic, you know, showmanship that we're beginning to see now more than ever before? Yes. <laughs> well... To begin with, we have MySpace and then Facebook, show your face. YouTube's uh, uh, tagline was to begin with broadcast yourself, Instagram, Insta as in instant and, and, and similar things. Even the names on these platforms suggest that it's, it's about you or rather me, sorry, it's about me and it's going to happen now. And even though I agree with everything the sheriff says about narcissism, it will not get you loved. It will get you hated. But the problem is this, that people are striving for immediate satisfaction. I mean, the attention that we get uh, on social media, it, it, it comes like this, you know. You get likes, you get comments, you get uh, more followers and so on. And that happens all the time because... People are going for the dopamine all the time, which gives you a quick fix, so to speak. It makes you feel good, but dopamine, which releases from, is it from the brain, Sheriff, maybe you can help me with that. I think it comes from the brain. It affects the brain yes, at least. Yes. When you do something positive, then you actually feel good. But it's, it's, it's a short-term thing because dopamine is very addictive. It's like a drug. When you get a little quick fix, you need another one and another one and another one and, and, and on you go. But in long term, obviously, I totally agree, that's not going to help you because people will hate you. Narcissism is spreading because it's good in the short term. It's good to be a narcissist because you can get attention, you can feel valued, you can feel uh, popular and, and you can even make some money. I mean, to be honest, Sometimes it can take you to the top. 
and some people will dislike you a lot and then when you go away they will tell you the truth but as long as you are in power but i i think of course social media is also developing us but is it in a good way well if you're not on instagram do you even exist anymore that's that, that's the question we are talking about here but still i have friends who are quitting their social media accounts they are taking them down for third days as a sort of a detox actually <laughs> Yes. And, and, uh, and uh, I mean, hey, I, I passed a big 5-0 some, some, some years ago. So I, I, I was late. I, I, I'm a really slow starter when it comes to social media. And I am, I am on there because all my, my advice is say, you, you have to be there as an author, as a lecturer. You have to be there. Otherwise, you, you don't exist. And, but I have to say, talking this conversation we are having right now is so much more delightful and entertaining and interesting and everything than you know sitting there and tapping on your smartphone maybe we will see some sort of counter movement when it comes to this people logging out and detoxing and then saying well i feel better than before i actually feel so much better now maybe i should not restart my facebook app Maybe I should just stay away from it and call a friend instead and maybe go over to his house and have a cup of tea and sit down the whole evening and talking about interesting things. I think when I say these things, I am thinking out loud now, but I think we have, some of us have to try it at least because I don't think this is going in the right direction. Yes. No, no, and I think you're so right in terms of that connectivity. Years ago, you know, when the phone lines weren't great, it took forever to try and get in touch with people and you had to sometimes book calls. It's almost becoming the same again. You just can't pick up the phone and call somebody. They sometimes take, uh, you know, umbrage to that. You have to call them to see if it's okay to call them. You just send them a text. <laughs> Whereby I just love to get a phone call out of the blue and I'll drop all and actually I'll enjoy that conversation. Now we have lots try, of people who do want try, to ask a few sorry. questions. Um, try to talk about Come in here. Sheriff has okay. a comment on this. And yes, by all means, madam, immediately after this. Okay. okay, I have something to add uh, Please. that there is a corporate responsibility when it comes to narcissism because there is, I found a study that, that says that they found that people who, are, uh, who have the uh, dark triads are more successful uh, in their careers. And there is another study found that, uh, people, uh, that men who are less in agreeableness gain more income by 18% than agreeable men. Right. So uh, this is... A broken system because the corporate will reward you when you achieve the target they will not award you because you are uh, kind-hearted you know <laughs> if you are a good person or you have manners yes. so uh, this should be put into consideration when we evaluate people uh, okay you achieved the target but how did you do this is this good for us for the long run or you just did something wrong just to achieve the target because the target should not be only uh, sales or uh, yes. this is not the point the intellectual property, that your image, that uh, how people perceive your company, your staff, this is also an important thing that, that is worthless. This is more yes. important than money. And I think this is changing in the corporate world and it's becoming a little bit more holistic. But, you know, at the same time, you talk to the director of sales and he probably has a different opinion in terms of what your offering should be and what your productivity should be rather than the HR person. Exactly. So, please, madam, you have a question for us. Yeah. Uh, or Thomas or Sharif or for both. Good afternoon, first, and thank you for this lecture. I'm very uh, satisfied. Uh, my question is, do you think that the color gives us energy? Because I believe in this. Yani when I wear something uh, like yellow, 
I will, will be more confident and more talkable, okay, for the others. And when I wear like red, I have a power. So do you think this affects on the people and do you want to make a book about this? How we, uh, the color uh, will affect on our lifestyle? Maybe I will go to the con uh, conference or something, yes. meeting or job. And maybe you, you can give uh, advices for the people, how they wear, what they will say. You have this ability to do Well, I mean, I think there is, there are the, the fashion uh, color me beautiful and all of that out there that talk about moods and colors. And, and Thomas looks like a dapper dresser out there, you know, so, but again, I mean, is it more, you know, if you're, if you're dressed in red, do you think you take on a red persona? Or if you're dressed in yellow, have you seen anything in that at all? Anything like that that you've come across or you've just color coded them because it works with the, the disc methodology and it seems to suit. Well, it's actually the other way around. You, you, you're closer to the answer there. The disc methodology, color, sort of dressed in colors, is actually, I mean, red is, is the color of, it's actually, uh, it's supposed to symbolize uh, fire. Uh, yellow is supposed to symbolize uh, air. Or actually, oxygen to be to be crystal clear. Green is the earth, and blue is the sea. And um, those are called it's leisure's psychological colors, and it's a whole, it's a very long story why why exactly those colors are are, are chosen there. But colors, I don't know. As uh, you who asked the question there, thank you so much. It's a good question. However, I don't know much uh, enough about this. To, to give you a proper answer. What I do know is the color affects us. Yes. That we do know. I mean, for instance, just one really quick example. McDonald's and all the other fast food chains, they usually use red and yellow. Red because it has to go quick, get in, get out, and yellow because you have to eat much. So they symbolize and they sort of uh, affect our behaviors in different ways. And blue are... are, are are, are darker blue than I am wearing now is, is a signaling uh, trustworthiness and so on. So we know some things about this. Yes. Uh, I do believe that, um, please allow me to disagree, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Erickson, uh, no uh, because uh, Lutcher theory is, is an old theory and nowadays many uh, attempts to replicate the test he designed, he designed the test that you prefer what are the uh, colors are your favorite, then choose right. another yeah. color. The, the failed, uh, 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 when you replicate it many times, people may change their answers. So it doesn't have the, uh, the same uh, eligibility to, to prove something. So it's, it's not academically uh, legitimate. The other thing, um, there is a Colombian researcher that, that I have met, about, uh, he did a study about this uh, topic, the effect of colors and what each color represents to people. And interestingly, I found that uh, his subjects found the color green uh, a symbol of death. I asked him why, what's the psychological background of this. He told me that uh, his, his subjects were <laughs> villages, right. villagers who, who uh, were dealing with yes. the drug smugglers and gangs and so on. And these people hide in the forest. So when they see this color, it brings to them bad feeling. At the same time, when we see even in the Arab world, the, the, the color 
black we wear for grief, but in some countries they wear the color white and the color red. Yes, so, yes. Uh, of course, there are uh, some resemblance to color, like red is warm and blue is cold and, and all of this, but even this is different between many cultures. In, in cold, in English, there is an expression, uh, you say, uh, it, it's warm, it's warm-hearted, you know, it's something that uh, made me happy, warm-hearted, because the, the experience cold, so warmth yes. is something good. In Arabic, we have a different experience. We say, athlaga sadri, it made my heart iced, you know, <laughs> so it means I'm, I'm happy. Oh, so it's okay. totally different. Yes. So, so it's what a different I energy. Exactly, different yeah. energy, but the same feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm in a hot weather, so when I feel cold, this yes. is a really good. Uh, come on. So when it comes to colors, what I would say to your question is that it, of course, it has uh, an effect on you, but put into consideration that it's a little bit subjective. If of you course, feel yeah. that you wear a color and you like it and it gives you energy, stick with this because this will work with you. Maybe someone else had a bad experience with the same color or culturally it resembles something else. So we have to put this into consideration. But what I know from my, my studies that uh, it doesn't have a deep me meaning embedded in our yes. psychology as human beings. All yeah. of us doesn't give the same resemblance exactly and different us. people will perceive uh, it differently I, I, th I think this is my yeah. point of view i know we have a few questions and i want to get to them please would you mind coming to the microphone that's it's the way they want to do it just to keep everybody safe this time normally we'd be running around with microphones to you so if you can please go to okay. the microphone there's another one up there afterwards sir madam please yes thank you now i'm just going to say first of all i'm from ireland so that's okay there's a few of us Fabulous uh, to meet Thomas on Zoom and and Sharif. Um, I think an awful lot of this problem about what's happening nowadays and narcissism, as you said, is really coming from Facebook. I think the more technology we have, the more difficult our life. This is not so much a question; it's more a statement. Try and make I, it a shorter one for okay, us. Okay, I'll be very quick. I'm going to ask all of you there, have you read Brave New World, Adolf Huxley, yes. and have you read 1984? It's not so much a question, it's a statement. I feel we are now in the middle of it. I think we are being turned into robots. I'm sorry. I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist. No, no, and this, is, this, is, your, um, you know, this is your opinion, and we, we value it because we want to understand it, and yeah. we want to know it. But, but, but that, I'm not going to keep on, but I yeah. really think this narcissism, this idea that I, me, 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 it started so much in America. And as I say, I'm from Ireland. But I think this whole IT technology, artificial intelligence and everything is actually destroying the world. And I challenge it. I think it's a very, not a good thing. It's great to get in contact with people, but I think it's very destructive. And at the end of the day, the people who are really behind everything, it's money, ammunition, oil. That's what's driving the world. If you can make money, fabulous. Thomas, Thank pick up on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank no, no. You. Thomas, pick up on that too. And again, in terms of the, I think that lack of connectivity that, you know, our world as we're in. And I think that's where we also have to just look at the fact that we have 
arrived here and be it an evolution or be it whatever. But this is, you know, people 20 years ago were looking back and saying, oh, the world's in a dreadful state. The world's in a state of chances. What are we going to do? It's never going to work. But um, what can we do again in terms of being able to help each other, understand each other, and, you know, maybe come through this? Because there are a lot of forces out there, I think, in terms of what our colleague was saying there that are maybe against us. Well, I'm, I, I grew up with TV, and when, there was a, when it was a bad TV program on, and I complained, my parents said, well, you can always turn it off, you know. It is possible to switch channel or turn it off or just go, go out and play football or whatever. The problem with social media these days is it's, it's hard to be there and not get affected, because, I mean, usually, whatever tool we are using, if it's a digital one or if it's more physical one, regardless, it's not about the tool itself, it's about what the people are doing with it. However, now that we have developed social media algorithms that is actually driven by, uh, by AI, artificial intelligence, it's no longer human beings who are sort of controlling it all together, even though humans were programming it to begin with. But still, the computers and, and the computer models are, are developing the systems all along. And they don't understand anything about human behaviors other one, other, let's say, otherwise than what we told them to begin with. So I think some kind of machine technology might, I guess, take over in the future. But I think it has done so already. I think what, what the lady here referred to is we have to fight it and, and Narcissism, I think, uh, it has, it, I think I agree with her that it has the origin uh, overseas. I, I believe that. I think it started somewhere in the, the early 70s, to be, to be honest. Um, social media, still, I, I recommend 30-day detox. You can always log in again. Just compare your own emotions. You can go back. Just try and see what happens when you don't act there. That's so true. I think it is about taking that control. We have five minutes left. I have a lady okay. with a question, please. Hi. Uh, yesterday, we had here a top leader in social media, and I asked something, unfortunately, the answer was not at all satisfying. So it was related to communication and to vision. Um, this is for Thomas and also for you, gentlemen. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Sherry. So the problem is that social media, I am a pro. Okay, is putting in a platform at uh, that extreme accelerated that we are distorting the communication itself and the passing of the message. So there is no discussion, no language anymore. I spent today, this morning, one hour talking about it, and I was trying to see ourselves in the future. When Thomas said that some of your friends are quitting these platforms, narcissistic, of course, and uh, I don't think that we all have, we are somehow obligated to be there. But in your experience as leader of communication, how you see this after your friends will be finally a rescuing of the uh, core, of the essence of the communication? I live in Europe for 15 years in Paris, now in UAE. I can see these two completely different rhythms. I am just seeing that some of the societies have too much focus in the sophistication of the medias and everything that is related to. 
I'm not saying that there is no traditional rescue or keeping, preserving the history of our language, way of communicating. So it's a very serious subject that probably we don't have this. Okay, and exactly, and when we have four minutes, please, but yeah, we'll take that. Please, please tell me about it. Both of you hold that thought because I have to, I'm going to take this other question yeah. and we then put it all together. Please, madam, what did you want to ask us? Hello, thank you so much, first of all, to Thomas and Sheriff. I found it very interesting. Um, so my question is to Thomas. Um, I'm very interested. Um, I've lived in Sweden. I'm British. I'm a red-yellow. So what I would like to know, Thomas, is um, do you think that certain nationalities have more blue people or more red people? Because I found here that I actually probably struggle a little bit more with all the 200 nationalities, but actually the people I probably get on with least are the Brits. So quick question to you. Super. Okay. And since we only have about four minutes, I'll take, um, I'll take this as a closing question from you, Thomas, a closing answer, and also from Sharif. So I think it mixes nice in terms of the situation with social media. And again, then looking at all of these different nationalities and who gets on with who and, um, you know, uh, the, the reds and the red, red and yellow, you say you're more. Oh, red, yellow. Yes. So how, how can you, how can we, basically, how can we, and I think you, you, I want you to give us a few words of wisdom and inspiration to close this off. How can we deal with all of this and actually come out better, happier, more productive people? Shall Thomas. I answer this? Or? Yeah, Thomas. <laughs> Okay, quickly, so Sharif can also say something. Well, the, the last question, yes, it differs. Uh, uh, Sharif mentioned this before, different cultures value different things. Of course, that's just the way it is. On an individual, so in Sweden, we have this green blanket on top of everything. Germans are usually perceived as really blue, detail-oriented and, and, and controlling and all these things. Americans are usually yellowish, reddish maybe so that's it's a cultural sort of filter on top of things on an individual level statis statistics are crystal clear it's basically the same all over the world but culture are sort of forming us so that would be my answer to that question and maybe Sharif would like to have have a saying on on this social media thing yeah and I think you've talked already on the the social media side for us too Sharif um we have to live in the world we live in whether we like it or not, and we have to deal with the tools that we have at our disposal, and modern tools of communication involve a lot of technology. So it is about taking that control and that choice. But how can we, you know, live, because we all ultimately want to live a better, happier, more productive life, and we have to struggle with these elements. What do you think can help people to make sure they can do that? Uh, well, when we speak about social media, at first we have to put into consideration that we, uh, there is a personal uh, responsibility that you have to know that it has a psychological effect on you. When you read a lot of uh, trolling, a lot of problems, a lot of people yelling at each other, a lot of conspiracy, a lot of these things leave a negative impact on you. So you have to uh, balance this. If you look at my feed on Facebook, you will find that I'm subscribed to uh, silly groups of uh, kittens uh, doing things and ducks and something like this just to balance the amount of negativity I'm, I'm receiving from this website. So first of all, we have to understand that happiness is something we can make by our choice to select the inputs we receive from the world. Uh, even there is uh, an intervention called uh, three good things. Uh, at the end of the day, think about three good things that happened well in the day. Don't focus on the problems you have to Fix things, think of things that went well. Uh, 
receiving positive information most of the time to overcome the negative effect of the negative ones is crucial to our happiness. Uh, and also, don't focus on yourself. Expand your influence to other people around you. This is part of happiness as well. Uh, even if you can't change the, the world, just spread the seeds with the winds. Uh, whatever will happen afterwards, it's not your responsibility. Just, just do what you have to do. Uh, there's a story that came to my mind right now. I think it's, it's very important to, to, to mention. A few years ago, I received a message from uh, a Syrian refugee. He was telling me about um, his deadly journey escaping from war, how he escaped from terrible things happening to his house, to his friends, to his family. And he was telling me about traveling through the desert, traveling uh, in the sea in a rubber boat. And he told me that one of the things that he uh, was keen to take from his home was one of my books. How this, lovely, how wonderful. Yeah, th this really touched me. Yeah. This, people, uh, this person, I, I haven't ever met him wow. before. And if this is the only thing that I did through all of my books, I would die satisfied. <laughs> because, what a, because what a of lovely this. story. So what, and by the way, the, the book's name was, was How to Become a Human. Right. So... Uh, this is what I mean. You just do what you have to do and don't care about the consequences. Maybe some of your actions will affect someone who, who is not born yet. After your death, you will remember you by some. So this is what I and want to say. Just can, do yeah. what you have to do and don't care about the results. So we can all actually just get started then. And Thomas, perhaps I'll leave you just a quick closing word. We are going to close this up. In terms of it, it would appear like we have the different personalities out there. We're not all going to sit around and we're not all going to analyze each other. But would you say it's that each one of us can actually take that first step and that can actually help? Absolutely. I totally agree with what Sharif is saying here. Uh, actually, it's really good, good ending of this. Do the best you can, but at least do that. And take that action. Thank you both so much. Indeed, when we look at, um, you know, I think all of the, the tools in many ways, and we could have talked a lot more about it, but it is really about, I think, you know, us all finding a space where we're happier with each other and where we're not getting as irritated and we're not getting as uh, intolerant, perhaps, whereby we are taking a little bit more time to look around us, to look at different people's circumstances, look at what's going on, and again, finding that inner happiness for ourselves and maybe not worrying about the other people too much. So once again, a big thanks to you. Thank you all so much for being with us. It's uh, great to have you here, you know, in person. And of course, for all of our viewers at home online, thank you all, of course, for being with us. We're delighted you were able to join us. A big thanks to our sponsors, the Investment Corporation of Dubai, the Dubai Department of Tourism and Commerce Marketing. I have a few quick thank yous to do to our title sponsor, Emirates Airline. Our finding sponsor, Dubai Culture, and the session sponsors, as we just mentioned, the Investment Corporation and the Dubai Tourism Parent Organization, of course, Emirates Literature Foundation. And again, a big thank you to our great AV team. They kept us uh, online. They kept the link looking very sharp. We didn't drop out. Thank you all so much to all of our volunteers who are here, the translators who are here. And again, just to a big, big thank you, Sharif, Arafa, and also a huge thanks, of course, to Tomic Erickson. Thomas, thank you so much, and to Sharif.